Today's episode is brought to you by Denver Rubber Company, the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. And they've been around since 1972 as the absolute best at what they do. They're an essential business and have filled needs for businesses such as medical, military defense, wind energy, even food and beverage during these crazy times. And they're known for supplying rubber snowplow blades, but they will supply you with pretty much anything you need from custom cut rubber, foam gaskets, hose assemblies, even metal parts. So any project you're working on, they have something you can use. Give them a call today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call J.T. Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! See me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. My go-to shop, not just for Breckenridge Brewery, but for any alcohol, whether it be hard liquor or other beer that I might need. I'm Rudo. He's AJ Hayfley. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Colorado Avalanche forwards, and more specifically, looking at those last few spots, both on the roster itself and in the whole 28 skater lineup here. It's something we've looked at loosely before, but we were having a conversation over in the DNVR lounge that kind of sparked an interesting idea here, right? Because the abs have a player like Colin Wilson. And to be honest with you, last season, Matt Nieto, Tyson Jost, and JT Comfer all fell into this role where they had a big game in the playoffs if not multiple big games in the playoffs. So how important is getting this right when it comes to the 12 forward lineup? How much of an impact can those depth players actually have? Well, if the abs lose in the first round and it's over, (laughs) not that important. (laughs) I mean, like you're going to wonder, right? Yep. Depending on what it is depending on who played because right now, like if you're, if you're talking about career track record, Colin Wilson plays. Yep. So first, I guess first let's, let's establish that there are 11 guys we're confident will be in the lineup. Sure. The McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog, Donskoy, Comfer, Burakovsky, Kadri, Nemesnikov, Nachushkin, Belmar, and Calvert. And there's there's one spot to fill between Tyson Jost, Matt Nieto, Colin Wilson. And technically Vlad Kamenev. Yeah, but realistically not likely to at least start in that position. Right. Probably not going to be seriously having that conversation. So if they roll into the first round and, you know, I, I guess I would say they're going to have two exhibition games and then they're going to have those, the seed round. 
What Correct. what kind of leash do you give a guy if Jost doesn't play well one night? Do you just put Nieto in the next night? And then if Nieto doesn't play well, do you put Wilson in the next night? And if Wilson doesn't play well, then what the hell do you do? I think you have whatever choice you go with first. I think you have to give him at least two or three games. So let's just say they go with Tyson Jost and they give him both exhibition games and the first seed round game. If he looks solid enough and you're winning games, why mess with a good thing? Okay. Fair enough. If he looks terrible, then yeah, you're going to have to do something. You you should probably try something, but having him on a one game rotation just feels like you're asking for them to not produce anything. Well, and uh, the, the other question I have is how much do you look at this as a fresh season and not a continuation of a season that ended now three months ago? By the time they're on yeah. the ice for training camp, it will have been almost four months to the day since the season stopped. Should Colin Wilson continue to be punished for that? Just because he because he got unlucky and was hurt for that season? If he's healthy enough to be on the ice, his track record, the fact that he's arguably a better NHL player than both Matt Nieto and Tyson Jost. I mean, we've kind of been like, oh, they may not play it. But but really, if that guy's fully healthy. Is it punishment or is it just a reality of what the abs need at a certain point because the role that that last player is going to be playing isn't necessarily set in stone it is that a player they want to pk because colin wilson doesn't pk and right to be honest outside of a little bit of tyson jose right at the end of the season there none of them have really pk'd that much I mean, Nieto, like... Well, sure, but Nieto's... Uh, that's like the one feather in his cap would yeah. be the that they want him on the PK. Right. It, but at the so, same time, like, you went out and you got Vlad Demasnikov. Wouldn't you rather just put that guy on the PK? Well, and that's the question that I don't 100% know the answer to. But if Nemesnikov is PKing... You know, that's a pretty big knock against Nieto for for getting that spot, right? Yeah. So if we let's let's just go down this path and assume Nemesnikov is PKing and you're basically looking at Tyson Jost versus Colin Wilson. Colin Wilson could play higher in the lineup too. He absolutely could. Like if you're trying to find a guy that specifically fits with Belmar and Calvert on the fourth line. Nieto is probably the best fit for just that very, very specific role at even strength. I would agree. But if you're looking for the best player, Colin Wilson's NHL track record is the best. And that's not even, that's not even saying that's not even being like, Oh, well, four years ago, he had a 20 goal. You know, like that's, that's even recently he's been, he's been more effective over long stretches of time than both of those guys. Certainly, you could expect more consistency, especially, you know, as you mentioned, if the Avs are making a run here that goes beyond the first round, you start getting into game 10, 15, 20 in whatever you want to call this playoff tournament, whatever. How important is that consistency, I guess? Are you just trying to ride a hot hand here? If you get one at the start, sure. Okay. You know, like if... Tyson Jost comes out and he looks like post-trade deadline angry Tyson Jost. 
you'll take that. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, like you're 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 not sitting around if that's the Tyson Joe that you get, you're not sitting around wondering, oh, I wonder what Colin Wilson brings. Yeah. Definitely fair enough. I mean, result once the results exist, it's it's easy to know if you made the right decision. Yeah. Well, and like it, the the real question will be because we're talking about this in a very like black or white term of sure, like, of oh, course. a guy plays well, a guy doesn't play. What happens when a guy goes out there and he plays nine and a half minutes? Yeah, and the Corsi numbers are even, and the scoring chances are non-existent. And it's a very fourth line ish experience where, and the Avs win the game three to two or something. Neither yeah. like it, it's not high impact, either positive or negative, and you're just sort of like, Meh. that was fine, yeah. Like poor didn't Evan has to try and grade yeah. that guy in the game, and he doesn't remember that he played. <laughs> you know, it's it's like one of those games that you see from guys on fourth lines where they just don't do much. Yep. How do you handle that game? You know, do you, I mean, I mean, it's one where you're like, okay, well, we're not going to sit him because he didn't do anything wrong, but he also didn't do anything spectacular like, either. He yeah. didn't stand out in any way. It, uh, yeah. Certainly it's shades of gray. It don't be surprised to see someone get hurt somewhere during oh, this all well, as well. Like, Somebody, somebody will definitely get hurt. I am fully expecting training camp to go. Somebody's gonna pull a groin or a hamstring. Somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna have something happen to them. There's just too many guys out there, and it just always happens. So, you know, maybe part of this conversation is moot anyway. In that case, right. if they have to start two of these three, if not all three guys, but we can take our first period break right now, as it is a Thursday. Hope y'all are doing well in the back half of the week. That's my time to bust out Breckenridge Breweries most of the time. The official beer of DNVR. Looking forward to heading down to the DNVR bar tomorrow and having a few, throwing them back with uh, whoever wants to come down and hang out with AJ and I. But in the meantime, you can always get it from Davidson's or your local liquor store or down from the farmhouse in Littleton, where Breckenridge will allow you to pick up your beer and a meal every single day from noon to 8 p.m. Just give them a call at 303-803-1380 and be sure to use code DNBR to save $5 on whether it be your mile high city copper lager avalanche amber vanilla porter jr you name it they're available also on top of breckenridge brewery we did have a big wgt tournament the other day in which i did not play well admittedly but it's out there and we have some players who are quite impressive i i just found out the other day that the 65 that was shot in that tournament was either uh, should have been a 62. So the 62 was the score that should have gone all the way through here. And he ended up shooting a 65 with a triple bogey. So he's, he's pretty impressive. And we have a ton of members in on this WGT tournaments. Now we have two clubhouses set up with over 350 members total at this point, I believe. So it's there's a ton of us out here. We're playing every other weekend in these tournaments. I know Cygnus in the chat. He took an 11 on number seven and still shot an 87. Look at that. Look at that, Cygnus. You struggled. You struggled today. You st- well, this was last weekend, but even the even the pro out here can have a bad round. So 
try your hand at it, maybe you can win one of our tournaments as well. It's an awesome game with over 20 million players around the world where you can play true-to-life courses, including Pebble Beach, uh, Wolf Creek, St. Andrews, a number of other ones as well. It has some of the best physics out there for a mobile golf game, so cannot recommend it enough. Just go to dnvrgolf.com to download and once you've downloaded, be sure to search for DNVR2. That is our second clubhouse. Again, our first one is full because we have so many members. Join DNVR2 and and be sure to join in with all the fun. Challenge us to one whole playoffs. Yeah, you're getting a little bit of solo, Rudo, here. AJ will be back in just a minute as we start the second period. And the conversation is going to shift a little bit here. The next topic I wanted to talk about was there's a good chance two if not three of the Avs set-up men, being Nieto, Jost, Wilson, end up in the lineup in one way or another because of injuries. So at that point, the players that become important are the extra forwards that the Avs decide to bring, and we could legitimately see some of them get in games. I mean, it would have to be catastrophic for the depth, depth forwards to get in games, but Depending on who the Avs bring, and the number one for me that I think I would like to see in a game if the opportunity arises, is Logan O'Connor. And that's just strictly based off of performance this season. Of the Avs call-ups, he was the second best. The the first best being Martin Kaut by a while. We've discussed that quite a bit where the Avs likely want to save the contract Depending on how things shake out, the NHL may force them to burn that contract anyway. But if it's not Martin Kaut, I certainly would be pushing for Logan Connor to to get the opportunity as he's the second highest scoring call up of anyone on the abs from this season. And obviously with the injuries they had, there were a silly amount of call ups, not that Logan O'Connor scored that much. He only put in two goals on the entire call-up season. I think he had nine games, maybe ten. I'm not exactly sure. We can find out the exact number. But either way, he found a way to produce in a role that the call-ups were given, which was relatively minimal. And the other ones just kind of straight up didn't. We saw it with Tynan and Megna, where the production that was very strong at the AHL level, it simply just did not exist. Okay, Logan O'Connor got 16 games, to be fair. But nonetheless, still, he got those 16 games because he earned them from scoring a couple of goals, whereas the rest of the call-ups didn't. TJ Tynan also had 16 games. He just had a single assist. So that shows you right there the the difference. Tynan is able to consistently produce as AJ is back. AJ, we're talking about uh, the the depth guys. Logan O'Connor versus Tynan and Magna, kind of, is, is the conversation I was getting into. Uh, Tynan and LOC will definitely be there. Okay. I don't think Magna should bother. I don't think the app should bother with Magna. I don't think that. I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I yeah. would much rather have Cout in that spot, but. There's a lot of guys you could pick. I'd rather have Sheldon Dries in that spot. I mean, I, is there really that big of a difference between Magna and Dries? I don't know. <laughs> but Not really. so either way, it's uh, 
it's an interesting situation because as we were talking about AJ, if there's injuries and you had to put one of these actual depth guys you in start a playoff with game, LOC as well. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. You start with O'Connor because he's just the most consistent. Yep. I, that's kind of exactly what I was the, saying. The so. easiest, the easiest plug and play guy, because you know exactly who he is. He's perfectly suited for what you want to do on the fourth line. He's uh, right now. He's a lightweight version of Matt Nieto where best thing about yeah. his game is probably speed. It's not a great finisher can kill penalties for you, but can stress a defense if he gets out into the open ice. Yeah, and that's about it. That's really kind of, that's really kind of it. You know, he'll lay, he'll lay the body when he needs to, but he plays with basic, the same basic level of intensity game to game to game. You really are comfortable with what you're getting out of LOC. And if you get something better, if you get one of those strong games from him, you're very happy because you know that, Hey, this is going to be a good one. If you're getting one of the weaker games, then, you know, that sucks as long as it doesn't happen again. But really he's, he's the guy with the least amount of variance, at least the least amount of question marks. Sure. I, I do think for your comparison, Nieto was a bit more well-rounded on the defensive side, but it, it would be a similar role for O'Connor. And if the Evs are down to, to these players that are their depth forwards, we're talking about a super sheltered role for the most part. Yeah. I mean, and we're really, we're talking four injuries deep. Yeah. Because I have a hard time seeing LOC over Jost or Wilson or Nieto. And depending on the situation, Kamenev. Yeah. I, I waffle with Kamenev. Sure. Basically, if they need a center, it's Kamenev. If they need if if they need a wing, it's LOC. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm cool. That's where I am. That, that take for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. So i the question is, and and the reason crazy, I bring it man. up, you're just yeah, you need to turn Ooh, on the heat over there. Straight up, my this basement is ice freaking cold. It's just getting you ready for hockey season. That's yeah, all. we're 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 just preparing live right now <laughs> for the for the virtual press box where you can freeze yourself in. <laughs> I tell you what, if there's one thing about Pepsi Center I haven't missed, yeah, it's the it's, ice cold press. It's, box. It's, sit, it's sitting up there freezing to death while trying to eat gummy bears. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, yeah, it, the reason I bring it up is because I mean, let's be honest. Colin Wilson has a significant injury history. Yeah. And we're talking about a guy getting hurt in camp. He's the, he's the, he's the DraftKings special. Yeah. Honestly, like that's the guy that you're betting walks out of camp with a it. Prop, prop bet on Colin Wilson playing a playoff game under over one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that there's, the hope is, of course, that the Avs don't have to use too much of that depth, but you need to have it ready um, one way or another. <laughs> the double hand wave there from AJ. Yeah. All right. Well, we can take our second period break here as AJ tries to warm himself up by, like, tucking himself into his shirt there. Uh, by the That's exactly what happened. 
What he might want to try next time is some nice, warm Strava Craft coffee, which he can now purchase in K-Cups, or you can do whole bean or ground as well, and you'll get 20% off when you use code DNVR at checkout. Be sure to tag Strava and let them know supporting us is supporting our partners and vice versa every way around. One big happy family. The CBD is non-psychoactive and it's been known to help many different aches and pains. AJ, maybe it'll even help your back. I know you've been having some back problems right lately. So give it a try today. If you haven't tried it out there, if you got back problems, maybe even help you sleep 20% off when you use code DNVR20. This felt very targeted. It was. Uh, this was an ad for AJ Hayfley. We're warming up. Back problems. Can't sleep. <laughs> yeah. When uh, you get all those targeted ads, it's just me reporting on you. That's, that's right. <laughs> Third I'm not, doing, I'm not doing another podcast. It's just Rudo as the voiceover for all of the targeted ads. <laughs> DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ talking abs depth forwards one way or the other. Is there any take to picking a 12th forward based on matchup? It's something we see teams do all the time. Teams will go, oh, you know, this team is more physical. We got to bring in our big heavy hitter into the lineup, whatever. Is there any merit to that with what the Avs have going here? If they feel like they're going to be in a more grindy game, say they're playing St. Louis, does Nieto fit that mold a little bit better than what Tyson Jost brings? If they think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, can they bring in Colin Wilson and expect a point out of him? How much time or how much of a difference is a coaching decision potentially making there? Boy, I'm trying to imagine matchups where I would care. That, where I, w- I would say, that, and I'm thinking, okay, what if, what if they get the Canucks in the first round? We know that the Canucks want to play, play up-tempo, up-tempo, fast-paced. Sure. Yep. And maybe instead of trying to match that, maybe you put in Colin Wilson because you want to take advantage of the fact that he's really effective in Someone a physical capacity on the dirty on the areas board. on him. Sure. Yeah. You know, a guy that can win a lot of board battles. Yep. And that might be one where you kind of go against it, where you say, Oh, we don't want to match them. We want to do the opposite of them. Find a weakness kind of thing. Yeah. yeah and like maybe, maybe have that be something where, Oh, well their their bottom six isn't going to be able to match up against the combination of uh, skill and physicality that we bring. So maybe that's, you know, and, and considering other matchups like Minnesota, I wouldn't care. Calgary, Winnipeg, I don't think I would care. Um, who else we have? Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton would be Joe's just because he's always played well against them. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He doesn't get to be um, in Edmonton now, though. Yeah, that's – yeah, fair. <laughs> um. Chicago would probably be Wilson. 
Okay. Um, yeah, any of the other matchups, I'm, you know, if they end up against a St. Louis or a Vegas or a Dallas, um, you know, second round on. Yeah, right. Later conference on. final, whatever. Um, at that point, you probably just take who's played well. Sure. It's um, if none of them have played well, or they've had a couple guys play well. I mean, it's again, this feels like an opportunity where I think Wilson has an advantage because of his versatility. Because you can say, look, yeah. he can play up on the third line or or in a pinch, maybe even on the second line. I mean, um, Colin Wilson next to Kadri and Burakovsky is that like, is that a it's not a doomsday scenario. No, it's not. It's, something something's either gone wrong injury wise or effectiveness wise for you to be there, but like you could theoretically use him there. Sure. And and that's I guess that's kind of the point that I'm I'm getting at here is there's more opportunities for Wilson to have a significant effect in a matchup in that regard. Yeah, I think I think I've accidentally talked myself into being all about Colin Wilson starting <laughs> being on being on the ice now that we've started because I'm like, well, you know, you get out of the the mindset of a continuing the season and you get into the mindset of you have six weeks to go win a Stanley Cup. Yep. What's the best way to go do it if you're fully healthy? You're not sitting around thinking about Oh well, Colin Wilson was hurt all year, and chemistry and all that. Like you have to rebuild all of that anyway on the fly. Then you should have some sort of a baseline from this training camp and exhibition games. Yeah, well, and you're I mean, three weeks of training camp is a I mean, we can't stress. Yep. that is a. I mean, you're an NFL training camp at that point, pretty much. So. It, and that doesn't even include what they're already doing in small groups. So yeah. a, with them already back on the ice, you're talking about them being on the ice for a month and a half before heading to their <laughs> hub cities. They might be sick of each other. <laughs> True. <laughs> Ready to just go play some hockey against somebody else. So we're at 14 with, uh, I guess, 15 with Kamenev. Yeah, pretty sure 16 with Logan O'Connor. 16 with O'Connor, 17 with With Drys. With Tynan? 18 with Tynan. Okay, sure. So that's 18. That gives you 10 defensemen. Boy, AJ Greer just can't catch a break. He really can't. (laughs) 19th forward in an 18th forward lineup. I mean, bring him over Tynan and I'd be fine with it, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, they've already re-signed Tynan, like, they, yeah, but I mean, they, they re-signed they, him to be an AHL player, really, and, and a super yeah. depth call-up, but, yeah, it was really, I mean, I, th- I, I just think they've shown their hand towards Tynan, that if we're, if we're thinking he's not going to be the 18th forward, then, I should say, if we're thinking he's not going to be part of those 18 forwards, we straight line to ourselves, so, I sure, but is this it for Greer then? I mean, if he can't make a twenty-eight skater lineup, what is he doing in this organization? Yep, I I mean, I think that if they could find an AJ Greer from another organization and a team that likes him, 
they could they could swap him. I don't think the Avs would just give him away. I don't think they're just going to be like, here, have him for Freddie Hamilton. Yeah. Or uh, who was the Cody McCall? Felix Gerrard. I don't I don't think they're going to do that. But I think that if they could find, you know, if they could find a guy in an organization that was sort of. Uh, so it's just in a similar I mean, position. He's a change of scenery type guy. Yeah, sure. To be honest, I always thought um, the the irony of this um, is that the guy that he got arrested with in New York last summer, yeah. Sonny Milano, would have been the perfect fit. Yep. And Sonny Milano ended up getting that deal at the deadline and getting, <laughs> getting moved to Anaheim. So... <laughs> There that went like that. That was the one name that I had kind of connected where it, it made a lot of sense to me, especially with the Columbus thing. Yeah, true. So, uh, but but if they can find somebody else in the summer, I think that that's where they would go. And to be honest, he's he's a good American uh, hockey league player. So I don't even I don't even know that I would cut him loose and just not give him a qualifying offer. I'd probably just give him a qualifying offer because he's a good player. <laughs> Sure. For the Eagles. Yeah. And and you know, to his credit, like this year he could have pouted and he could have sulked. And he could have, you know, he could have thrown in the towel and been like, they don't take me seriously anymore. I've got on their list. I'm not getting called up. I mean, how many forward injuries did the abs have this year and guy didn't play? Yeah, but he got he got called up a couple of times, but then got sent back down immediately and was and was never really a consideration for him. And it's obvious that four or five AHLers at one point in their forward course. Right. So. And and he was just not part of it. So it's obvious that he's not really part of this equation anymore. But he sucked it up and he did the good soldier thing. He he showed the kind of maturity that he probably needed to show the year earlier. Yeah. And he got that like he gets that credit this year for handling it that way because he could have very easily pouted his way through the year and been like, "Get rid of me." And he hasn't done any of that. He's shown up and he's worked hard, and and he's you know he's done what he needed to do. I've always been an advocate for him because I always really liked the kid. I always thought that he just he worked hard, but he lost his way in the organization and. You know, across the myriad of NHL call-ups that he got and all the games that he got, you could definitely make the argument that the role was small, too small for a guy to really stand out. But he also just didn't do much with it. Like, there were some games where he played well, where you're like, hey, you can show well in six minutes a night. It's just hard to do. But the NHL is also a hard league. Like, it's... You've got to find the sweet spot between babying a guy and giving him opportunity and like not just throwing him to the wolves and then when he gets eaten alive being like, oh, well, you're bad. The the player you compared him to, Sonny Milano, certainly did get more opportunity, but in his first real season of call-ups, he had 22 points in 55 games, a much higher pace than A.J. Greer was ever on in the NHL. Right, for sure. So, yeah, I I still would have liked to see the Avs give him more opportunity, but he certainly right. didn't go out and force them to do it. Well, and kind of like with Tyson Jost, um, the guys around him got a lot better in a hurry. Yep. You know, we we you can feel the way that you do about TJ Tynan or or Sheldon Dries or what, but like they for long stretches, 
straight out played that guy. Unfortunate reality there to a certain extent. Um, before we get out of here real quick, Gareth asks, who's the most realistic target in the offseason for the elusive top six forward? Uh, the most realistic, honestly, is probably none. That's the right answer. But if you want if you want a name to, to satiate that trade rumor mill, but uh, I would keep an eye on Max Domi. I mean, I like that name, but it's it's tough, right, with a trade because you just never know. Yeah, I mean, how many? I mean, they were they were so involved with Montreal all the way up through the deadline, and then nothing. and that was yeah. when that was when Montreal didn't think they were going to have any chance for playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if Montreal wins a round or something silly happens in this in this whole format, then you know who knows how they end up valuing that guy and he's up for a contract and the abs have plenty of their own money deals that they have to figure out. Um, I, I I will just say that they like the player. They tend to continue to like players that they, uh, that they like they chase um, as we've seen with a couple of guys over the last few years, like the, the John Bernier thing was like five or six years in the making. <laughs> so you know, well, they, they tend to continue to like guys that they like. So just because it didn't happen once, we'll see. As uh, if you're in the DNVR lounge on the Avalanche channel, you may have seen AJ try to jump through a million hoops <sighs> to keep Vlad Nemesnikov on the team under the cap. So it was tough. It's uh, the cap is going to get tight fast, especially with the expectation of it not yeah. increasing over the next year. That certainly. was the challenge. Yeah. If, it, if that cap, if the cap goes up at all in any kind of meaningful capacity, three, four million dollars, keeping Vlad Nemestikov is actually pretty easy. If, right. it, if but, it stays flat for the next two years, keeping Vlad Nemestikov is just not worth the exercise. Is yep. nope for sure. So a little bit of the unknown thrown in there as well as it's unclear what's going to happen with the cap over the next couple of years with obviously the flattening because of the canceled season or, or postponed season. Mm -hmm. And then the question mark of how much effect is Seattle and expansion actually going to have in the coming years? Yeah. So there's a bunch of other stuff in there as well. The CBA arguments of reducing escrow on the player side, yada, yada, yada. That's another right. pot for another day for today. It's time to get out of here, AJ, unless you have any final thoughts on these forwards in the 28 skater roster. Um, I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but I guess we could, you know, maybe nine defensemen instead. Run a, run a 19th forward type thing? Yeah, like maybe. It just seems like 18 forwards should really be enough. And ten defensemen should really be enough. That's, that that feels like the roster construction sweet spot to me. If you're gonna yeah. have twenty eight skaters, I think eighteen and ten makes the most sense. Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, but if you ended up going nineteen and nine, that's cool. I mean, I guess the point to be made either way is like, if you lose more than three defensemen, 
you're not winning any playoff rounds anyway. <laughs> you're gonna, <laughs> like, well, you're gonna, you're gonna struggle. Yeah, like you could, you could lose the sixth defenseman over and over and over. Right. So you still have EJ and Gerard and McCarr and Graves and Cole. You know, sure. and, which I guess, I guess that means you lose Cole and then you lose Barbario and then right, lose, and then uh, and then you lose Kanaden and then you lose Lindholm and then you lose Timmins and you're like, okay, well now we have to play both with Byram. And suddenly the sixth defenseman on the abs is forced to wear 18 at all times or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. No more 18s, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, barring that, like, it, there are bigger problems if you're pushing towards those higher numbers anyway. So does bringing 19 or 18 really matter that much? No, I would argue. You're sure hoping it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you're sure hoping not so with that in mind we are getting out of here for the day but before you go be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook the number one sportsbook app out there here in Colorado with sports betting still being relatively new here DraftKings has you covered all over the board with big cash winnings particularly on golf which is back in the fold back in action these days so to even add to that excitement they are allowing you up to a $1000 sign up bonus which is it's huge. That's a straight up a lot of money. That's like, just what it is. So don't worry if you haven't been able to take advantage of it yet. All of that is still in place. You can still jump on it now over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Be sure to check out their app. Go download it right now and get in on the action. When you sign up, you can use code DNVR and get that $1,000 sign up bonus. You can play all sorts of things, whether it be golf, KBO, UFC. You can even bet on hockey and basketball futures as they should be coming back right around the corner so they've got you covered for everything anything sports even not my neck of the woods but nascar and they have i've seen overwatch league on there if you want to bet on something you can do it with draft kings sportsbook again that dnvr code when you sign up to get that thousand dollar sign up bonus you must be 21 or older colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to 500 dollars. deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 we are out of here for the day as always thank you for listening whether it be live or on the audio only on YouTube, wherever you do it, much appreciated. Mm. Tomorrow, oh, yeah, Thomas Strance of the Athletic is going to come on and talk McCarr versus Hughes with us for Free Skate Friday. Yep, Free Skate Friday with the uh, the McCarr versus Hughes debate should be fun. Should have some games. If anyone wants to jump in on the incredibly difficult trivia at the end of the show as well, we'll be going live at one o'clock. So. Show up, hope to see you there, and then later that evening we'll be heading down to the DNVR bar if you want to come hang. So hope to see y'all, and have a good rest of your Thursday evening. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche. Hey, Jay, hey, Felice, and Ruth.